Welcome to the Beers and Bible Podcast, a podcast that explores God's Word while enjoying the fruits of God's creation. You can find us on Instagram at Beers and Bible underscore, on Facebook by searching Beers and Bible Podcast, and on Twitter at Beers and Bible P1. You can also email us at Beers and Bible Podcast at gmail.com. If you enjoy what you hear on Beers and Bible, please consider leaving a five-star rating and a review on your podcast platform to help us promote this podcast. Billy Currington summed it up well when he said, God is great, beer is good, and people are crazy. So let us join our hosts, Michael and Anthony, for this week's discussion. Welcome to episode number 94 of the Beers and Bible podcast. I am Michael. And I am Anthony. And we're glad to have a week of we're drinking beer and talking about uh, we're going to do topical stuff tonight. Yeah, we're going to. So we know a couple of weeks ago when we had kind of our in-between episode, we talked about doing some interviews um, for, you know, reasons we couldn't control. We couldn't get one lined up this week. So um, we're going to get into a more topical discussion. Um, If you've been with Mm -hmm. us before. Or if you've been with us for a while, then you know that that's not unheard of for us. So, but we're gonna yes. we're gonna get into that here in a little bit. So, but first, Anthony, yes, what's up? How's your week? Um, I am on a week recovery from COVID. Um, I finally got the dreaded COVID. Uh, Eighteen months into this deal, um, my wife actually had it first, and then I got it. Um. So yeah, I am on the I'm on the recovering end of COVID. We took a week off last week because I was down for the count, um, and so there actually won't be a break in in the uh, in the episodes. But we just didn't record a week, so mm-hmm. there we are. That's where I am. How about you? What uh, what have you been doing for two weeks since uh, we talked? Oh, you know, just dealing with work stuff. Uh, our industry is like really dependent on raw materials and labor and things mm-hmm. that are hard to get a hard to get lined up right now so <laughs> yes uh, we're just dealing with all that but it's all good there's um you know god's still good god's got a lot got it all under control and we trust him with it so um we're you know staying trying to stay healthy keeping you know making sure we don't uh get the covid again you don't get the covid because <laughs> i've already had it once and i'd like to That's avoid getting it a second time <laughs> <laughs> if at all possible so if at all possible i will say this it was it was not as bad as um the horror stories that i have heard mm-hmm. um i don't know if i just didn't get um the right strand or whatever i don't know now did you like <laughs> confirm that you had covid or you just no, had all the I, symptoms of covid i never officially took a test i never went to the doctor and took a test uh or went to walgreens and bought a test but I definitely could not smell anything, regardless of me being able to breathe perfectly clear through my nose. Could not smell a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, had some a few days of body aches. Had some fever. Um, definitely couldn't taste. Lost my my taste for four or five days. Um, and let me tell you something: when you love food as much as I love food, and you love beer as much as I love beer, and you can't taste like I, I there was a period of. 13 days where I did not drink a single beer because I was like, I'm number one, I'm not wasting it like that. Uh huh. And number, because I couldn't taste it. And so I was like, I'm going to wait until I get all my taste back before I start drinking beer again because I just, you know, like I would eat foods that I knew what they taste like and they would, they'd start to taste funny. And I was like, I just, I can't do that with beer. Yeah. So. So, but I'm I'm probably ninety five percent back to normal now. I, it, everything kind of kind of has a little bit of off taste on mm-hmm. it, but but um, it's not that bad anymore. No, glad um, glad you're back. Glad we're yes. back recording this week, and uh, it's going to be a good week. Yeah, and glad we're going to get to review review some beer. So, Anthony, what are you drinking yes. tonight? Tonight, I am going to drink. My buddy Tyler uh, brought me this. He took a trip down to South Florida, and he brought me this. Um, this is the Funky Buddha Void Shaker uh, Barrel Age Stout. Uh, we have done one other Funky Buddha, and it got five star, five not five stars, five Luthers, mm-hmm. and that is the famed No Crust that we cannot find anymore. Yes. Um, so Funky Buddha, if you're listening, please help us find No Crusts. 
Um, and but s- also, I'm pretty excited about this Void Shaker because I like barrel-aged stouts. They're yeah. pretty good. Yeah, also, Funky Buddha, you can stop with the seltzer commercials. Yes, please. <laughs> Those are everywhere. Also, why is everyone getting into seltzers now? Because uh, White Claws are popular. Yeah, but That's just, basically just, what White Claw just is. let White Claw do its thing. But if White Claw's making money, why can't everybody else make money? It's all about money, man. Well, White Claw's going to be pissed when they don't make as much money. It's true. They so, are. anyway. And they started the whole thing. So, what are did. you going to drink tonight, Michael? So, tonight I have from the um, from Illuminated Brew Works, based in Chicago, I have, mm-hmm. a watermel- I have the Watermelon Gun Farmhouse Style Ale. Um, just a watermelon ale. Untapped actually had it. Some people uh, said that it was more of like a sour than an ale, so I'm really excited about that because as because you love sours, I, as we've uh, noted before, I do like me a sour. <laughs> um, but uh, there's not really any information on the can about this one, as far as like ABV or any of that kind of stuff, which mm-hmm. is a rarity for me. I usually don't get those, and um, let's see here. Untapped has it at 6.1 ABV and no IBUs, so um, very simple mine, description. Mine is 11% ABV and 40 IBUs. Oh, dang. So you're going to get <laughs> lit. That's the goal. That is the goal. Well, there's only one way to crack these things open and get to drinking them, and that's to actually do it. So without further ado. You have your cap gun. I've got my cap gun. Here we go. Three, two, one. This thing is super dark and smells super good. And I also super spilled it all over everything. Mine just smells like a like a fruity ale. Which is what it is, so that's what it's supposed to be. Yeah, but there you go, right there. Nice. Here's the uh turn it looks good it is like oh it's very dark dark. it is guinness dark well let's turn them up and drink them and see how they taste cheers bottoms up huh hmm What's yours like? Mine's just really bland. Is it really? Yeah, there's not a whole lot of flavor there. Dang, that's a that's depressing, especially on a watermelon. <coughs> Watermelons are so good mm-hmm. most of the time. Yeah. Well, it's just kind of meh. Well, give it a rating for me. Because uh, I'm well, still thinking about this one. Okay, well, since you're still thinking, I'll go. Um... If this had just been advertised as like a wheat ale or a or something of that nature, I would probably mm-hmm. like it a little bit more. And then take another sip. I mean, I guess the watermelon flavor is there, but just barely. Yeah. Um I mean I'm really disappointed in this one. Um I don't know if this is an actual sour. And if it is, this is going to be a first for me, but I'm going to give this, like, three Luthers. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm I'm really let down and disappointed by this one. Does it not have a sour flavor? Mm-mm. It doesn't taste like a sour. Okay. Like, pretty much every sour ta- has that same flavor profile. And this yeah. one does not have that same. So I'm wondering if it's... Mm, excuse me. I wonder if the people who commented on Untapped saying that this is a great sour... Either don't know what a sour is, yeah, or um, I don't know. It, it just does not meet my expectations at all. I mean, it's okay. It's yeah. it's a decent like I could easily see this being like a after you cut the grass beer, like that's. But that also wasn't really what I was expecting either. Yeah. So, but I mean, yeah. it's just kind of a run of the mill standard flavored beer that kind of disappoints in the watermelon department. Yeah. Well, 
I hate to say it, but I am also slightly disappointed in my beer tonight. It's not uh it's not Tyler's fault. This is a so, first, um, man. This is <laughs> This doesn't is. happen much. Um I I've, I honestly I was expecting something just a, a just different. Mm-hmm. Um one of my favorite beers is the Kentucky Bourbon Barrel Ale. Um <coughs> I was kind of expecting that in a stout form. Yeah. And and I guess it's pretty close to that. So, I mean, I guess points for, I mean, it, it's like I can get the flavor. The flavor is there. The bourbon barrel aged, um, I mean, I've, I've got that that profile. But there's just, I, I don't know, maybe I'm still not out of COVID yet, but there's, it's, it's almost too bitter for me. Mm-hmm. And like when I think of a stout, I I want that that caramely malty rich yeah. flavor. It's not, and this one seems to be more bitter than it is caramely malty. Yeah, the the flavor you're looking for is not necessarily sweet, but it's more of a like you said, rich, thick. Um, yeah. it's like a piece of candy. Like yeah, and and what you've got there is, I mean, maybe it's the bourbon that's doing it. Um, I will say this: I am not a huge fan of the burble barrel aged stout things. Um, yeah. The couple I've had just don't really do anything for me. And yeah, maybe it's maybe I mean, I'd like to keep my bourbon separate from my beer. <laughs> there you go. It's it's not terrible. It's it, it's it's not a bad tasting beer. The 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 texture is good. The flavor is good, but it's just not it's not great. And and so I'm I'm gonna have to come in and give this one three and a half Luthers. Okay. Um, it's I mean it's it's definitely not a four. I don't want to I don't want to quite go to three because it's I mean I may be I may be over overstating how it, how bad it actually is. It's not that bad, but I would not have I wouldn't have more than one of these at a time. Okay. And and so, you know, I if I'm going to have a couple of beers, I want something that I can kind of continuously drink for two or three. Mm-hmm. Um this one I couldn't do that. And and so it's just not it's not what it's not what I want to want to taste. So, it's a personal preference this time. Funky Boot, it's not you. Um I still love your No Crust even though I can't find it. Um this one just doesn't do it for me. Um I was kind of expecting something a little different. Um, more stout ish, I guess, uh, and less bourbon ish. Um, and I, I like I'm looking at the the flavor profile and it says bourbon, oak, and roasted malt. It definitely has all those in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the either the bourbon or the oak might be a little bit too much for me, and that's what's making me not like it. That's fair. So three, but I'll give it three and a half. It's if you like if you like uh, imperial stouts, if you like bourbon stouts, you'll you'll probably like this one. So, well, there's some beer talk, and tonight we're gonna dive in. We're gonna talk a little bit about some current events, um, some things just happened in the world today. Uh, when we realize it's gonna come out a couple of weeks after all that, but stick around, and we will be right back after this musical break. Welcome back from that musical break, and tonight we are, so we're going to go a little bit topical. We're, we're obviously, we're going to uh, interweave some scripture because that's what we do, um, but we, Michael and I, have both kind of talked about current events, and especially in the last 10 to really 15 days, okay, there has been a major developments in the country of Afghanistan in the last two weeks. Um, if you have been sheltering yourself from the news, which believe us is completely understandable and encouraged and encouraged. Yes. Um, maybe you haven't heard, but chances are that everybody knows about what's going on in Afghanistan. Mm -hmm. 
And so let's what we're going to do is we're just going to talk a little bit about number one what's currently happening. Um, yes, but it's I think it's also important to understand what Afghanistan is as a country and the history of Afghanistan. Um, this is not the, the America is not the first time that somebody has tried to modernize, I think might be the right word, or just kind of help encourage government. Now, and Afghanistan is a notoriously ungovernable state. Mm-hmm. Um, they have fallen apart under multiple regimes, yeah. multiple superpowers. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Rome, um, the uh, who was it in the 1600s? Oh my gosh, I can't believe I just forgot this. The Turks, mm-hmm. Turks had them in the 1600s, um, and then more currently, you know, obviously since 2001 to now, um, America has been influencing there, and and if you. If you've been watching the news, you've seen what's what's happened over the last ten to twelve days. Mm-hmm. So, Michael, walk us through just kind of that. That's a really super brief version of like Afghanistan from biblical times up to current days. You know, they've they've been, I guess, for better or worse, they've been conquered multiple times. They've been tried to put under subjection, but just that area alone is just this hostile territory. Um, that leads itself to just volatile areas mm-hmm. uh, of of crime and terrorism, and it's been that way. Mm-hmm. It's been that way since uh, you know for for a long time. But more importantly, what has happened in Afghanistan in the last two weeks? Okay, so um, let's start with um, on August fifteenth. Uh, Taliban forces capture the capital of Afghanistan, Afghanistan, which is Kabul. Mm -hmm. Um, The Taliban, if you don't know or or if you're not sure exactly what they are, um, they're an Islamic organization. Most countries around the world recognize them as a terrorist organization. Um, Mm -hmm. And they're very harsh harsh enforcers of um, Islamic Sharia law. Um, Mm -hmm. So these are the guys who are... If you're not with us, you, we, we must kill you. Yeah. So there's there's an interesting thing to talk about there with with Islam. You talk about Islam, and you've heard people talk about Islam as a religion of peace. Um, there are two different types of of Muslims or Islam. Mm-hmm. Um, that is this the Shias and the Sunnis. Mm-hmm. The Taliban are are wanting to enforce Sharia law, which comes from a more hardline version of Islam, which is closer to the Sunni version, according to an article that I read. Okay. Okay. So you got Sunnis and you got Shias, and the Sunnis are the are the more hardlined. They're the more um, rigid. They they want they they want what's called a theocracy, um, which. Some mm-hmm. Christians should be familiar with that. You know, basically, your religious law governs everything. Governs else. the country, yeah, yeah. And so, religious law is what governs the civil and mad and and the the yeah civil magistrate. Yeah. So that's your theocracy. So following anyway, yeah. So there we are. That's the Taliban. They're the Sharia law, the Sunnis, the Shias. Hopefully, that clarifies some of that. But keep going. Okay. Uh, what happened on August fifteenth? So on August fifteenth, the Taliban. Um, capture Kabul. Um, the president of Afghanistan, Ashraf Ghani, flees yep. Afghanistan with a bunch of money. Bunch of money. Bunch of money. I saw reports of $169 million. That would be a bunch of money. Um, I could retire with $169 million, I'm just saying. <laughs> well, don't. I could, I could retire with that. Well, but so, so but a, but um, a lot of officials in Afghanistan are casting blame on him for the, for what's happening. In yes. Afghanistan. Um, because he basically left. Yeah. He, he <laughs> left as it got bad. So Yes. Um in the in all this process, the United the US troops have been in a highly publicized uh period of with, of withdrawal from Afghanistan. Yep. Which which was I'm pretty sure was announced by Donald Trump last year. Yeah, Donald Trump announced it early in twenty twenty. Uh yep. Joe Biden can President Biden continued the the plan through, or was going to continue the plan through, and the yes. plan up until maybe today was for every 
all U.S. troops to be out by August 31st of 2021. Yes. I'm not 100% sure. I haven't read or listened to uh, what Joe Biden said today regarding Afghanistan because some, some stuff happened today that um, yeah. was really— I haven't been able to keep up with ha- it Yeah, much. it's it's an ever-moving target. So we And, and we also have real jobs. So Yeah. So <laughs> um, in the process of this, um, U.S. intelligence— estimated that the city of Kabul would fall, and that is really uh, disheartening because they were anticipating that it would fall. Yeah. Um, but they thought it would happen over the course of weeks and months, and it fell in like 11 days. Yeah. So I guess 11 days from when Ga- uh, President Ghani left Kabul, the Taliban took over. Yeah. Is my understanding of that. Um, yes. And then as the Taliban seized Kabul chaos ensues there's panic um mm-hmm. civilians hundreds of thousands of people flee to, fled to the airport um and then during airport evacuation um seven people died in like in like really the first few hours of that all that chaos yeah i'm sure we i'm sure we've all seen the video of um people clinging to the sides of planes and yeah and falling and falling, to, from, and the falling from the plane they found a couple of uh people like up in the wheel well of an airplane mm-hmm. when it once it got to where it was going um and, and in all this now the taliban are, are in are in control of not just kabul but i saw a map earlier that on august 15th they pretty much controlled all of afghanistan except yeah. The, except for the territory right around Kabul. And so now the Taliban, <coughs> my understanding is that they control the entire country. Um, yes. And in the country of Afghanistan, there are, there are more than 300,000 civilians mm-hmm. who worked for the United States that are at risk of retaliation from the Taliban. Yes. And the the reports I've been hearing have been saying... Um, basically the Taliban is going around Kabul and knocking on doors. And I mean, it's for, for lack of a a better comparison, it's the, it's essentially the same thing that the German regime Mm -hmm. did when, when they said, are you basically, are you housing Jews? Yeah. Um, did you help the Americans? If you helped the Americans, you're dead. Yeah. And, and you know, it's, it's, it's definitely not to the numbers that, the that the Nazis perpetrated on the Jews, mm-hmm. but I, I think if this continues for much longer, it could easily get in into the hundreds of thousands of people. Yeah, and and so you know that that's going to spark a necessary conversation for Christians. Yes, it should spark a necessary conversation for Christians. Um, you know. Uh, one of those things has to, one of the questions has to be, again, and we're going to talk about this again, what do we do with Afghan refugees that come here? Yeah. You know, um, is the Taliban going to sneak some people in? Possibly. You know, but what what do we do with legitimate people who are trying to flee Afghanistan so that they don't and their family doesn't die? Yeah. And so yeah, that's that, that's, that's really going to be the bulk of our conversation. Yeah, and that's a really challenging question because on one hand, there's something to be said for protecting your family, protecting yourself, protecting what you what God has entrusted to you as far as your home, your family, mm-hmm. all that stuff. On the flip side of that, the most Jesus-like thing to do is to love and... Um, be a be a neighbor to these people yeah in the in the face of you might not you might be here to kill me yeah like like that so it's the flesh wants to rest the flesh is going to wrestle between those two things um and so how do we as christians honor god What's the most effective way for us to honor God? Protect what He has entrusted to us in yeah. in our families, or welcome these refugees who may or may not be here to hurt us. We we can't know that. We don't know that. But welcome them into our home and show them the love of Jesus by 
giving them a, a place to sleep or food to eat or, you know, just a safe place to be. Yeah. I don't, and I don't know what the answer is. So it's, well, it's, it's really hard. Um, number one, because in, in, when, in the time when the Bible was written, culture was different. Mm-hmm. Um, the, even, even among people who were your enemies, there was, there was still almost a, a code of, of honor. And there was like a, you know, be a person of your word. Um, I mean, even, even among pagans. Now, that doesn't mean that people didn't lie and, and cheat and try to steal and destroy. But, you know, a, as a whole, I think the culture then w- was a lot different. But regardless of the difference in the culture, the nation of Israel was, and, and you can read through, I, I want to say it's Leviticus 19 where it talks about um, welcoming in your neighbor um, and and allowing you know basically the people part of the one of the things that they did was um, if your if your land kind of bordered up to a road and you and you had a field of, of grain or whatever mm-hmm. you left the edges when you harvested you left the edges intentionally for people who would walk down the road so that they could basically grab some yeah. of your harvest mm-hmm. to, to for sustenance on the road they yeah. could create the the meals on the road and so. There, there's even in in spite of all that, there's still this biblical concept of you trust a person until they give you a reason not to trust them. Yeah, um, and even even then, sometimes you still trust them. Yeah, or or you allow them. I mean, look at the story of of um, oh, who is it? Gomer in the in yeah, the, Hosea in, the prov- mm-hmm. in Hosea. Mm-hmm. You know. When he goes, he goes and buys his wife back from prostitution multiple times. Yeah, um, you know, even though she has continued to wrong him, he still goes back, and and God tells mm-hmm. him, "Go back and buy her again. Go back yep. and buy her again." And so, um, there there is still this biblical concept as Christians that we are to we are to care for people regardless of their views of us. And so, yeah. you know, we're we're supposed to see that all people are created in the image of God, mm-hmm. and all people bear the image of God, and so we have to treat those people as if they have the image of God because they do. Um, and and so, what we need to do, I I think is is quit talking about all of the evil that people are going to perpetrate on you. Mm-hmm. And start start talking about what we can do to help those people. Yeah, there's a there's a book that I've read. Um, I read it with a small group of guys a few a few years ago. It's called Uncomfortable, right? Mm-hmm. By uh, Brett McCracken. And this was what I was trying to find. I was looking for the book, the actual copy of the book last night, and couldn't find it. But um, he goes into this very same thing because back in like uh, between 2015 and 2017, mm-hmm. when the Middle East refugee crisis was happening yeah. in Europe. Um, he talks about this. Um, now I'm just going to read uh, a little bit of the of this here. Um, he says, maybe love looks like loving people even if it potentially brings us harm. Um, could terrorists disguise themselves as refugees and infiltrate target nations within the Trojan horse of the massive flood of refugees? Fears like this led to Donald Trump's infamous call to ban Muslims from entering the United States, but which reflects the character of Christ more? Refusing to take in a Syrian refugee because we are concerned about at the possibility that we could be harmed by such charity or taking in the Syrian refugee out of sacrificial love that says, you are welcome at my table, even if even if it costs me something. Yeah. Um, cruciform love means clothing the naked, feeding the hungry, welcoming the stranger, and ministering to the sick, the imprisoned, and the least of these. And I think the the refugees from Afghanistan who have fled a chaotic, terror-filled um, situation would qualify as the least of these. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And if you, if you don't see them that way, then, number one, you are not a Christian. Mm-hmm. 
and and I'll you know I, I don't I don't like putting tests on on your gospel experience or not, but if you can't see that basic need in people, then your worldview is not informed by by scripture. Yeah, I'll, I'll word it that way. Yeah, and so, um, but but again, you know, sacrificial love that doesn't cost you anything is not sacrificial love, right? You know, it's easy for us to to do something to take somebody in, let them sleep on our bed. That doesn't cost us anything. You know, we're we're still paying the same house note. We're not paying more of a house note because we took in a refugee. Yeah. Our grocery bill might go up a little yeah. bit. And it might be an um, inconvenience, but yeah, but you're... that's not a sacrifice. Think about mm-hmm. what that person has gone through. Yeah, and 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 then compare your increased grocery bill to possibly that person have having lost multiple loved ones, mm-hmm. children possibly or parents. Yeah, you know, depending on who it is. Yeah, um, and it, it's I mean, it's not an easy thing to do, and. Like flesh, like talking about it and fleshing it out are two vastly different things. And don't hear us oh, talking yeah. about it being like, "Oh yeah, if a refugee showed up in my driveway, I'd let him in the house." Like, it's it would be it it would be very hard for me to get out of the way of my flesh and say, "You know what? For me to be most like Jesus, come on." Yeah, and uh, you know what? As as Christians, what we need to do is is. We need to learn how to pray for our leadership, mm-hmm. um, and and we have talked about this almost ad nauseum on this podcast. I feel like, um, you know, we encouraged people to pray for Donald Trump, and we have encouraged people to pray for Joe Biden, um, and and I stand by that. You know, um, don't please don't take to Facebook and talk about what. A nitwit, Joe Biden is. Do do I think that Joe Biden is a nitwit? More than likely, yes, I do. Okay, I, I'll I will be honest enough to say those thoughts have entered my mind, but I don't let those thoughts captivate my mind to the point where I don't pray for Joe Biden. Yeah, because if all you can do is focus on how stupid the person is, what they do wrong, which don't get me wrong. This is exactly what was done to Donald Trump from 2016 to 2020. That's what the left thrives on. Don't be like the left mm-hmm. is what I'm saying. Yeah. Don't be like the people that you absolutely despise by doing the exact same things that they do. Yeah. Because all that does is make you exactly like yeah. them. You're not any better if you just duplicate their tactics. Yes. At all. You know... And and if you want to throw an eye for an eye at me, then we'll we'll sit down and we'll get into a biblical conversation about what an eye for an eye actually means. Mm-hmm. Jesus I'll also, have that conversation with you. Yeah, Jesus also said something about turning the other cheek. So he absolutely said that, and that's exactly where I would take that conversation, because in in the eye for an eye was a retributive style of justice for the Old Testament that is no longer in place. Right. And so, yes, if you want to talk about an eye for an eye, then then we're going to have that conversation, and I'm going to show you from Scripture where an eye for an eye doesn't apply anymore. Right. You know, it was a lesson learned, and it, and it taught a style, and it definitely is something that is a biblical practice that we can learn from, but that doesn't mean we have to practice that anymore because we are not saved by what we do anymore. Right. We are saved by the blood of Jesus mm-hmm. that was shed for us out of nothing that we did for ourselves. And it is the gift of God is what Ephesians chapter 2 tells us. Yeah. And so, so, I mean, you can at me. My Instagram is pianoman112. My Twitter account is keyskiddo. My Facebook page says Anthony Kid on it. At me all day long. I don't care. I'll have these conversations with you because... Chances are that that I've studied this just as hard as you have. But we need to continue to pray for our leadership. If mm-hmm. you're not praying for your leadership, you are not fulfilling your duty as a Christian. Mm. You are failing as a Christian. Yeah. And so I I will not back down from that. Yeah. And and so we are called in First Timothy two 
to pray for our leadership, we need to pray for the leadership of Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. Whether that is the Taliban. <gasps> what did you just say, Anthony? Have you lost your mind? Why are you doing Jim Gaffigan's? I don't know. <laughs> Com- that's, totally, that's exactly who I was just <laughs> thinking of, though. I don't no. know why I started talking like Jim Gaffigan. No, right but there. I mean, we need to pray for the leadership in Afghanistan, whoever the leadership is. And I mean, yes, Scripture does say pray for, <coughs> pray for your leaders, but the situation in Afghanistan affects Americans, and it affects. You know, I'm it, pretty sure that Jesus and God is not going to get upset about you praying for the leaders of other countries. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> I'm You're gonna right. go out on a limb there. That's a, that's a pretty strong limb, probably actually. So, but yeah, I mean, pray for the Taliban. I mean, we're called to pray for our enemies. Um, I mean, a guy named Saul, later named Paul, was doing kind of the same thing the Taliban's doing. At one point, he was at one point in his life, and then had a <laughs> radical encounter with Jesus, and his life got turned around. So, because um, people prayed for him. What? That's crazy. Ludicrous. A man named Stephen did that after he watched a guy being stoned. And so, yes, prayer can change things. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the, the, the thing that we need to pray for the most is that Jesus would return. Mm. You know, we need to pray that that Jesus will come and bring swift justice to this thing. Yeah. Because do I, in in my heart of hearts, in the depths of my soul, do I believe that the Taliban are evil people? I believe they are sinners in need of a Savior. So, yes, they are evil people, just like I was an evil person. Mm-hmm. Ephesians chapter 2 says that we are by nature children of wrath. Yeah. Guess what? They're still in wrath. But you know what? I'm not. And why am I not? Not because of anything I did. Not because of something that I found. Not because of something that that, that magical inside of me. No, it is purely by the grace of God. Yeah. And if I can plead that grace of God on, on Taliban leaders and some of them can come to Christ, then is that not a day of rejoicing? Yeah. If one person from the Taliban comes to Christ... You know, the angels in heaven rejoice over, <laughs> over one. Yeah. So, why why are we so fundamentally caught up in our Americanism and our we've got it right and everybody else has it wrong that we can't look past the end of our noses to see that we need to pray for somebody else? I think. It, I mean, I don't know if this is rhetorical or not, but I have an answer. Answer it, please. I think I think people, uh, the American church as a whole, don't know how to pray for things fervently enough, like and actually believe oh, that yeah. God is going to do the thing that they're praying for. But yeah. I also think that when, because sometimes you pray for something and it doesn't happen, like you could pray for the healing of a loved one and they, you know, you're praying for the physical healing, they they die. Yeah. You're I mean they if they know Jesus they're still healed. Yeah. So just because the prayer didn't get answered in the way you were hoping it would get answered, your prayer got answered. And I think I think a lot yeah. of times American I don't want to say like all American Christians, but a lot of Christians in America get discouraged in their prayer life, get mm-hmm. um kind of lackadaisical and don't, you know. Well, we somewhere along the line, we have been convinced that prayer is about meeting our needs. Mm. And there is nothing, absolutely, positively zero, that is prayer meeting your needs. Yeah. It is not about that. It was never about that. And if you think it's about that, then you need to go back and you need to study the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Mm -hmm. I'll even go old King James on you. Hallowed be thy name. Okay? You're starting off talking about how great God is. Mm -hmm. 
hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your mm-hmm. will be done. Again, you're calling for God's kingdom to come on earth. You're calling it down from heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Okay, give me some things that I need to survive. My daily bread. He doesn't say give me enough bread to last me a month or a year or six years or a 25-year retirement plan. Give me today my daily bread. And then what else? Lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. Please, God, don't let me be tempted Mm -hmm. by some things that I don't need to be tempted by and keep my feet on the path. God, you're going to have to do that. Forgive us our debtors as we forgive those who are indebted to us. Again, that is nothing about you. Mm-hmm. That is teaching you how to live a, a generous and selfless lifestyle. Yeah. And in the way that's worded, like, forgive our transgressions as we forgive those who transgress against us. Like, if you're not forgiving other people... Then you're not going to be forgiven. Yeah, God's not going to... Forgive us. Forgive our transgressions as we forgive that. Like, yeah, you've got because to, if you if you want to re, if you if you want to receive you've got to be able to. Yeah. So uh, and and that is what that is how Jesus taught his disciples to pray. Not about that prayer life mm-hmm. was about his disciples in anything. Other forgiveness we had to dole out. So so yeah, uh, we we need mm-hmm. a restudy in what prayer is actually for. Um, because if you're, if you think prayer is about getting things yeah. from God, then, then you have missed the prayer boat. The, the point of prayer is about putting you in line with what God is doing in and around you so that you can see it and say, what do I need to sacrifice for the kingdom of God so that I can say your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So. That might yeah. have been a tangent we didn't need to get on tonight, but yeah. <laughs> but oh, yeah, I liked it. That's a good tangent. I mean, it's a good it's a good reminder. It's a gut check. I mean, yeah. how often do our prayers revolve around what I've got going on, or or what's going on in my home or in my family? Um, and I mean, shoot, even tying that back to what we just talked about in First Peter. Where if you're not living a holy and a righteous lifestyle, what's going to be hindered? Your prayers are going to be hindered. Yeah. Because your prayers are what aligns your lifestyle to what God is doing in your life. Mm-hmm. So if your prayers are hindered, go back and listen to some First Peter episodes and find out what you need to be doing, what you need to be changing in your lifestyle. Yeah. Because you may have some issues there. Yeah. Um, so... Where, where does all of this play out for Christians? Number one, um, whatever happens with all of these Afghanis, the refugees, um, our servicemen and women, um, pray for these people, number one. Pray for these mm-hmm. people if you're in a position to do something. The, the other thing is the vast majority of people, I'm in South Alabama, Michael's in North Georgia, there is a large chance that neither of us are going to be faced with housing a refugee. But if you're in an area of the United States where some of these people do come back and you are faced with that, man, reach out, find somebody, do something, prepare your home for something. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's a book that, that, uh, that I have read called The Gospel Comes with a House Key. Mm-hmm. It's by a lady named Rosaria Butterfield. And I think we've talked about it before on this podcast. And... She tells the story of her neighbor, Hank, and how they just began to love on Hank, and then Hank got arrested, and Hank went to prison, but they continued to love on Hank. And, and Hank eventually came to, to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ because those people, regardless of Hank's situation and things that he had done wrong, you know, he went to prison. He deserved not to be trusted. Mm-hmm. In, in the eyes of the majority of their neighbors, he deserved not to be trusted. But you know what they did? They loved him anyway. Yeah. And they served him and they showed him grace and they showed him compassion and that was what brought him to Christ. Yeah. Because that sometimes you may be the only Jesus that people actually see. Yeah. So don't be caught ranting on Facebook, yelling about how stupid people are for thinking they can just come from Afghanistan over here. Anyway. Yeah. 
I won't talk about that. No. But I, and I think too, like, <laughs> I think it's important for us to remember that no matter what the situation is, if the situation in Afghanistan was great or if the situation in, in Afghanistan is terrible, God is in control. Yes. Like, the Taliban may think, and it may look like the Taliban are in control. Ultimately, God is in control, and God is going to, um, his glory is going to rain down on what's going yeah. on in Afghanistan. And at, yeah. and at the end of the day, at the end of, when it when it's all said and done, God will get the glory because yes. that is what he has promised. Um, and, and when it looks hopeless, when it looks like there's no light at the end of the tunnel, God is still there and God is still present in every single situation, even if the parties don't know that God is present. Yes. So... I've been I've been reading a book. It's a really Shocker. long book. It's called Providence. I'm about 400 pages into this book, 450 pages almost. And this this is probably the best treatment of of the providence of God that I have ever read. And I was actually just reading this chapter. He he talks about the providence of God over kings and rulers of the earth, okay? Mm -hmm. For all intents uh, and purposes right now, the Taliban is ruling Afghanistan, okay? They are in control. They are ruling Afghanistan. So they are, accepted or not, they are the governing body of Afghanistan. So I'm going to read from Proverbs chapter 21. It says, The king's heart is a stream of water in the hand of the Lord. He turns it wherever he will. Every way of man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the heart. To do righteousness and justice is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. That chapter starts off, the king's heart is like a river of water in the hand of the Lord. If you mm -hmm. think for one second that God is not in complete and total and sovereign control, of what is happening, then you are sadly mistaken about the state of the earth. And everything will work for the glory of God and for his purposes. Yep. And that does not mean that there will not be pain and tragedy, tragedy because that is going, and that has already happened. And, and we work through those things as Christians, we talk through those things, but God's hand will control the hearts of those men in the Taliban, and they will do exactly what brings God the most glory. When you step back and you look at all of history, yeah, when we get to eternity, it will make sense. But that does not mean, number one, that we should not pray for them, because guess what? God's, their heart is like a stream in God's hand, and he can turn it wherever he wills. So we continue to pray, and we pray for, and we earnestly seek that those men would turn to Jesus. Because if they did, if that happened, if God allowed that to happen, what kind of, of spread of the gospel would we see in that nation? Yeah. And and so all of all of my post millennial brothers just went amen, brother, because that would be I mean that if if the Taliban turned Christian, that would be like the the greatest post 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 millennial thing ever. But um, we won't get into that discussion tonight. Well, I mean, but but think about the think about the worldwide revival that would happen. Oh man, it it, it would be it would be amazing. It would be unstoppable, um, because. Yeah, just just because. Yeah, I mean, if if the if the world's largest terrorist organization laid down arms and and said no, we're turning to Christ, it then the whole nation of Islam would collapse. <laughs> because I mean, they're they're the leaders of the nation of Islam right now. So, but 
it's not too far-fetched to think like that because yeah. it, it it's not too far-fetched to think that God can do that type of miracle. Yeah. Because so. God, that's what God does. God's in the miracle business. Yes, he is. So, and Anything else you want to add on that discussion? I think that's a, a good place to wrap it up this week. Well, we hope you enjoyed that. We hope you were informed a little bit about what's going on in Afghanistan and how Christians can respond, um, how we can continue to pray. Um, please, please continue to pray for the people of Afghanistan, the citizens who are stuck there, the American citizens who are stuck there. Um, we want to pray for their safety. We want to see them all returned. Um, but but more importantly, we want to pray that that God would get all of the glory that He is mm-hmm. due in that situation. Yeah, um, and I, and I mean not just American citizens; there are citizens from all over the world in yeah. Afghanistan. So, yeah. and, um, and a lot of them are there and have been there helping Americans for the last twenty years. Yeah. So, so there's there's a lot of a lot of American allies there. So yes. Um, but also, I mean. Dead serious. Pray for the Taliban. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, well, Michael, um, if they want to look us up on uh, social media platforms, hey, it's the day before our website's going to officially, I mean, I guess it's technically already live, but um, we're recording this the day before our website goes live. So, yes. we're, go buy merch. Do it. Buy some merch on our, on our webpage and... And give us some beer money, please. <laughs> that wasn't a plea at all. No. Um, if you want to find us, no, so if you want to find us on social media, you can find us at on Instagram at beers and Bible underscore. You can find us on Twitter at beers and Bible P one. You can find us on Facebook by searching beers and Bible podcast. Um, you can email us at beers and Bible podcast at gmail.com. And you can also visit our website beersandbiblepodcast.com that is where you'll find all of the merchandise that we have available for you to purchase there um, we'll throw the link somewhere um, probably on all of our socials and uh, yes, we'll put a link to it here in the podcast as well um, in the description maybe So yes we will but we go check that out um, if you have any suggestions for future discussion or beer review or merchandise you'd like to see offered in the store let us know and we'll uh, we'll see what we can do to make any and all of those things happen um, and give you a shout out if they do that's right so for another week please keep your beer cold and keep your bible open and we will see you later peace out peace out